Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women. Anything but females. Trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people, maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Mo. And I'm Janelle. And welcome back to another episode of Is Marriage Worth It? So our guests today are Galia and Jess. And the way that they happen to be on the podcast is they slid into our DMs on Instagram, told us a little bit about their story. And we're just like, yeah, let's go for it. So thank you guys so much for being a part of our podcast. Thank you so much for having us on, and we look forward to answering some questions and sharing with you more. So to get things started, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yes. So we are both transformational life coaches, and we are working online. We have our business, which is called Schools of Consciousness, and we both focus on recovery and addiction yes and uh, mostly i mean for me it's working with women and helping them to actually understand the process of trauma healing so it's all about actually really like freeing ourselves from limiting beliefs and transform our life this is why we are here for Uh all right so good introduction so now we're just going to jump right into a few questions. So how did you guys meet? This you want to go with <laughs> Well, Galia slid in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> right in the DM. It actually was, it was on my 30th birthday. And I put a post where I was saying that it was my birthday. And then I received a message from her. And at the time, I didn't think it was anything. I was just connecting. We were both just connecting. And then, and then things sped up. Yeah. And it's so funny because we had, you know, like a similar, you know, like lifestyle and similar way of seeing things. And because she was celibate for two years and back in the days I was like celibate for one year and we decided to actually, you know, like embrace ourselves first and getting in in touch with self-love. And what it means for us to to then make space for someone else in our life. So it started like this. I just wished her happy solar return. And then we just started, you know, like to have these conversations, these chats. And and since the very beginning, I was so inspired by the content she was putting out there. And I felt her soul, you know, like she was special, like something about her was special. And and yeah, and we just clicked. Thank you. And. There's another point. At that time, I was in California and she was in Australia. So we were 19 <laughs> hours apart. 19 whole hours. You know, when I was talking about long distance relationship, it's a super long distance relationship. Yeah. <laughs> that takes long distance to a whole new level. You're not even talking to each other on the same day. <laughs> it was on Friday. I was on Thursday. I was waking up. She was going to bed already, getting ready for Saturday. <laughs> I was telling her she was she was in the future. I was trying to catch up. How was the dateline? Wow, we're time traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> so yeah, we met on Instagram. So original. Yeah. I so I thank Instagram for that for sure. <laughs> Instagram worlds apart literally wow so how long did you guys I guess talk to each other before being able to meet up you want me to well, you can go for it well um I was in Australia so then I decided you know like to travel the world and to go to Asia and I just asked her 
well, do you want to meet me halfway? Do you want to meet me in Nepal? <laughs> so basically, I just asked her if she wanted to meet me. And we had uh, already six months of, you know, like long distance relationships. So exactly. yeah, I just asked her like, yeah, you want to meet me? You can come to Nepal and then we're going to do the Himalayas together. <laughs> and the funny thing is like, I had never, I mean, I had gone to Mexico before because I have like my family, I have family in Mexico. Okay. And I went to Canada once and that's it. Like I haven't really traveled the world. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to take this risk. Like I'm going to just, I'm going to go to Nepal. Like, and I ended <laughs> up actually, because the uh, flights are actually pretty expensive, like one way yeah. I was seeing like, over, US. yeah, from the U S to, to Nepal, it was like over, over like some tickets were like 2000, just one way. Yeah. I, I got like a super long one. It was like 50 hour flight. <laughs> for like $750 to get a cheaper one. And I ended up my first flight being super long and it ended up being two days of like sleeping in airports. So I had to go from San Francisco airport SFO Mm -hmm. and I ended up taking that whole flight all the way to China. And then I had to go to another airport in China, slept there for 16 hours Until I caught the next plane to get to Nepal. And that day it was funny because I had no credit. I had no idea even how to like work my phone when I first got to Nepal. And then there happened to be a huge storm. Like the streets looked like they were flooding. And I ended up getting in this taxi and I have this address. And then Galia heard. It was was preparing you for for me, baby. And then Galia (laughs) heard. She had no like phone credit. I guess something happened where I, she could probably tell you she didn't. Her phone wasn't working. So I give this guy, this taxi driver, an address. We're like literally on this like the Kathmandu. It's crazy. Like the roads are insane. So mm-hmm. it's like you're it's like you're diving into dodging bullets. Like the cars are just coming at you. There's no so name. I'm yeah. The the taxi driver could not find this place, and Galia's phone was dead. Uh, so the point is, it was hard to see her. So actually, like when we saw each other in person, it was uh, really like it was a lot of work. Like, I'm not going to lie. I went through hell. (laughs) I'm an okay traveler, but 50 hours, you will really get to know me. (laughs) (laughs) We see each other. Yeah, it was. was, We we got to see each other at really tough conditions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we met met in Nepal after six months of long distance relations. Yes. So what was that when you finally got through all the travel and everything? What was that first meeting of in-person like? I go first. You want to go first? Well, I think that for me, you were just, you know, like the same person that I was chatting with. I didn't feel that you were different, uh, you know, like meeting you in person. I wasn't catfish. was different. No, you weren't. (laughs) We both don't wear makeup, so we're not. That fish for each other. <laughs> but uh but no, she was just the one, you know, like she told me she was and and that's it. Like there was a, like a lot of uh a lot of beautiful uh feelings that I was experiencing and yeah, yeah that's that thing. Definitely yeah. a lot of excitement because it's like imagine like this person that you've been talking to for six months over like WhatsApp videos and Instagram videos, and then finally like you get to see this person in your same space like and it's just like surreal in a way so actually in the beginning like especially like the first couple nights it felt kind of surreal to me like I'm in this whole another country like Nepal like I've never been out to Asia like <laughs> I've never been to this side of the world like it's just it was surreal for me and definitely I felt like I was in another world and it was a pretty amazing experience actually wow yeah, and intense. A lot of all kinds of intensity. Yeah, we both so intense. So. <laughs> so, how long were you guys in uh, Nepal for? Well, we talk at the same time. Well, um, we stayed in Nepal for about one month, right? Yeah, we traveled. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we did the a circuit. It was called uh, in the Himalayas. The, the Annapurna circuit. So basically, it was I think the top was at four thousand five hundred five hundred no, meters. Uh, it was five thousand four hundred. 
meters. 4,500 meters. Not something like this, I yeah, think. 5, but anyway, it was super high and we got to the top together by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and we just had actually the time to just take one picture. One picture of myself, you know, like we just like the thumbs up, like, yeah, we made it. And then boom, our like camera was just like frozen. <laughs> it, was super cold. it was so because the thing is, like, we got to the highest peak of this, uh, the mountain where we were trekking in the mm-hmm. So what happened is I had enough time to have her go on to take a picture where it says congratulations. And it says like the, the pass that we made and everything. And it was so cold that the battery went from 30% yeah. to zero. So I had a chance just to take a picture of her. <laughs> so wow. I didn't get to take a picture. Yeah. And the, well, going to the top was super actually like really like hard for us because I mean, like I had just sometimes like at some point, just like she was just, you know, like on the floor, she was like, I'm not moving anymore. And I'm just like, you know, like, we need to like get going because you're going to end up as a snowman, you know? So you need to just like keep going, you know, keep going to the top. And we had these moments actually when I was feeling that, you know, I just want to give up. I can't. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, like the other person, like just like reassuring the other one saying, no, you can make it, you know, like you can make it to the top. You have, you know, what it takes to make it. And I feel we had this relationship where, we could empower each other, you know, and it was amazing because it was, you know, like we just met like just like one month ago, but we were able to have this relationship together, you know, like to be able like to support each other in these moments. And when it's hard, we had some moments we were just calling upon the divine, please, you know, like guide us <laughs> because we couldn't find our way because we had like some small, uh, you know, like peaks along the way, but because it was so, you know, like forzy, it was super hard, like to actually like really see the path. Yeah, it was foggy. It was foggy, sorry. <laughs> so it was really hard to see the path. So, so yeah, we had these moments like this where we were really calling upon, you know, like light beings to just like help us. <laughs> yeah, it was powerful because that's where we were able to realize actually that this metaphor of us making it to the top of the Himalayas. And even when we got to the top on the way down, what we experienced, because eventually I had to like break into an abandoned place because there was no, there was no town that was open. There was nothing open for us. So it was either that or we die outside. So I had to like bust the window. And I hope the Nepal police doesn't find us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like bust into one of those, like, uh, what are those, the guest houses, but there was no one there. And, there was uh, some some old oats that I was able to use. <laughs> it was expired oats and some peanut butter. But it's because we had no food on our last day. And we had hiked all to the top with basically just prayer, water for the mountains. And, and that's it, you know? Friends, and, this is yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it was dangerous, but there was nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Like either we make it to the, to the bottom or no one's going to find us because there was no people. So basically, this was powerful. And actually, this is where where I proposed to her was in the Himalayas. <laughs> On this trip after six months? No, before that, actually. This was because we had already... No, both- but yes, after six months, because then we met oh, yeah, in yeah, Nepal. Yes. In Nepal, after yeah, the time we were over there in the Himalayas. Because what what, it, what happened is we traveled one month uh-huh. in Nepal. And we did the, the Himalayas together and all that. And then we, we crossed the border from Nepal to India. And then we traveled India for another month and a week. Okay. And then we took a flight to Paris, her hometown. And then this is the coming out. This is where Galia came out. And yeah, just a lot of stuff happened on this trip. But yeah, like <laughs> we got engaged in the Himalayas. She proposed. Wow. And it was actually like a really an incredible way to propose. <laughs> So how did you know that you wanted to propose to her? Well, this is the funny thing. Uh, Gali and I, we both, we both like actually never were the kind that wanted to get married. And I was at a phase of my life where I was open to love because I had, before I met Galia, I had started already doing a lot of deep work, you know, just a lot of deep healing, inner child healing work. 
I actually was ready to accept love. And when she came into my life, I met her right when I turned 30. We connected with, you know, our energies. And within a very short time of talking, both Gali and I had this moment with our distances of California and Australia. And we were able to actually like meditate and connect with our energies. And it's something that we can't explain with words, but we experienced it on a soul level. And in this moment, we both knew like we were the ones we were looking for. Yeah, it was like really, truly for me, the way I experienced it, I experienced it just like her, the way she described it, you know, it's just like, you know, like the beginning of time and this feminine energy and this masculine energy, because just she has, you know, like this uh, very, you know, like masculine core and a more feminine. And I really felt actually this explosion of love and this connection and this marriage of both energies, this masculine energy and this feminine energy. And it was so beautiful and so intense that I think we both cried and I cried mm -hmm. a lot because it was just, you know, like a reunion. It was just like seeing, you know, like myself, just, you know, like us experiencing, you know, like this beautiful dance. And yeah, it was really poetic. Yeah, it was yeah. Really poetic and intense. And this is actually when I understood that this is actually what it meant. Like when they say, you, when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And I always used to question in the back, is this the one? Is this the one? You know, always like if you, you're a hopeless romantic or even if you deny it, but deep down you're always hoping like this next person you're going to find is like someone that you can actually like be with for a while. Yeah. But with her, it was, it literally was just, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't even actually really crave it at the time, but I was ready to receive it. So when it happened, that's how I knew. And the Himalayas, I had, I have a deep connection with uh, the ancient like Vedic scriptures, the ancient Indian scriptures. Uh -huh. And this is why Gali and I also were in the Himalayas because we, we wanted to connect with the energies of the Himalayas and of the ancient energies and all the stories that are there. So going there was going to be I, I thought the Himalayas, actually, I didn't tell her, but before I made the trip, I had already told myself that this was going to be the place. I didn't know what day. I just knew that I would know when the right moment would be. And it was on the seventh day of our trekking experience. And already on the seventh day, like we had already gone through so many trials and tribulations. Uh -huh. So I felt like, okay, if I don't propose now, like then, now, then I, now or never. And <laughs> And Galia can tell you because I was super nervous when, oh, yeah. when I proposed. So, okay, so this is so funny because she was super nervous. So instead of first asking me the question, you know, like, will you marry me? Like asking me the question and then putting the ring on my finger. She just put, that, she just put the ring, asking me the question, leaving me no choice. <laughs> So I was like, okay, so I'm not even able to say, even if I wanted to say no, like imagine <laughs> if I wanted to say no, I would have not be able to say no. <laughs> you know what they say, like put the, put, you know, like this, uh, this ring on this thing. <laughs> you gotta do it, you know, but so this is how it happened. And then I just said, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and we started from here and okay. And now we're here. Now we're in Mexico. <laughs> that is so crazy. Just first of all, your timeline. And then you guys are in a whole different continent. That's cool. So, okay. At this point, um, when you proposed, did either of your families know that you guys were talking to each other or traveling together? Or did you just show up in Paris and go, I'm engaged? So let me tell you this part. So my family knew because I've been out of the closet since I was 15 years old. Okay. Now let me tell, Gali is going to tell you the part now, the good part in Paris, what we experienced. <laughs> so my family knew about her and they knew that I was traveling with her. But I hadn't told him that I was that we were engaged yet because like I hadn't told anyone I was just gonna engage propose to her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, for me it was more delicate because 
I never came out to my family. So it was really my coming out because I think like one aspect of myself just like thought that maybe I could just live my life without having to tell them because it was hard for me to face them because I come from a Muslim family. So really religious, you know, really attached to traditions. So, you know, when I told my mom, she was like, what? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you are with her? Like, what do you mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist in our culture. And I was like, okay, mom. So it was really hard for me. Honestly, it's still, I think for me, it's still uh, something that is, uh, that is really, you know, like difficult to explain and to really, you know, like face because my mom still, you know, like this moment, she's still in denial. Mm. She doesn't accept just she's not accepting this relationship and she's hoping that you know like one day I might change my mind and I'm just gonna marry a man you know so it's uh it's really complicated when like actually it's not really understood by your family but you have you know like to stand up for yourself and no matter you know like what people think you know like if you love this person and if you really want, you know, like to spend the rest of your life with this person, then just like go for it and don't let anyone, you know, tell you who you should love. Mm-hmm. Right. That's absolutely true. Yes. Yes. The good thing is like her mom didn't kick me out of their apartment when she <laughs> went over because the thing is her mom thought I was just a friend she was going to travel with and that when she was going to receive us, it was just her friend. Right. Then after one week of being at her mother's apartment, I told Galia, I'm not going to be a secret. Like you need to confront yourself because I've already told you, like, I'm not a secret and this is something that you need to face. And Galia was ready because she, you know, she already knew like she couldn't live her life like this because we our relationship is serious uh-huh. so then a week later her mom found out that obviously we weren't just friends and her mom basically like thank god she didn't kick me out of the place but she just ignored me and it was really difficult actually to stay there for and the also week. because there was the language barrier as well because my mom doesn't speak english at she all she speaks french and so i was english. translating so it was oh, okay. also- oh wow so it was not the best time. <laughs> and and my mom actually, it just turned out that my mom like just wondered, like she got mad. She got mad at death. And she was just telling her, you know, she was just telling her that, yeah, you're trying to, you know, like steal her from me and blah, 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 all these kind of things. <laughs> and then like she was actually like arguing, but in French, and I had to translate what she was saying. <gasps> no. <laughs> I was like, and yes, like she's doing this and this, and I had to translate. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this other time when she was mad at Galia because she wasn't happy that Galia told her she was going to come to California with me. So her mom started to be really, really angry. And I was, it was already like bedtime. I was already laying down and she ran inside the room, started yelling at me in French. And I'm just like, what did I do? What? <laughs> oh. So yeah, it was difficult, but we went, we made it through. So how long were you in France? We were there for a month and a half. Oh, wow. I think just one month. I think we're going to be there two months. I think one month, but we decided to actually, you know, like leave two weeks before. Uh The situation with my mother was not, you know, nice for her to experience. And, you know, it was just, you know, like not, uh, a healthy environment for both of us so we just right. decided to leave. Not a start. Uh, yeah we decided to leave to california and then we got married actually in california so when you came to california did you come on a k-1 visa or did you just come as like a visitor yes i came on a three-month visa so on a tourist visa so i just okay. had three months and we figured that the only way I hope the immigration is not listening to this, but like the only way for us to stay together would be to get married. So we decided to get married more because, you know, it was easier for the situation and for us to be together. Right. So, um, so yeah. And, I, and then I had to leave after three months 
because my visa expired, so I had to go back to Paris. So just two weeks after we got married, I had to go back. So wow. we experienced the beginning of our married life uh, apart from each other. The first nine months. Yeah. Nine months? When was this? Yes. Sorry, we don't have a timeline. Well, we got married on November 22nd, 2019. <gasps> yes. And then we were hoping that we were only going to be separated for like six months. Yeah. But what happened is that our application was accepted in April 2020, right around the time that all the lockdowns started. And of yeah. course, you know, all the government offices were shutting down and the borders were closed. So we're just like, dang, like, what's going to happen now? Because now we have to wait and who knows? And think about it. The borders are closed. So that's going to complicate things because Europe. Yeah, like I Europe, wasn't able to go to the United States because it was closed. So yeah. and she wasn't able to come to Paris either. The, yeah, the borders were closed. So then we got into a panic and I was already going like this kind of Hollywood movies, like Impossible Love. <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally. <laughs> gone through all kinds of like just questioning things because after the entire process of all of the paperwork, the money, everything that I did, all my time and the struggle, right? Just to right. get all the papers, send it all, the time it took to gather all the information. And then boom, the shutdown happens, lockdown, you don't know what's happening. You're hearing all these theories and then you don't know. So we got to a point where actually we even said to ourselves, who knows, maybe we won't ever see each other again and we have to be okay with this because we just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, my heart just broke for you too. Like I can't imagine having that conversation so early in the marriage being like, well, the thing is we had no idea because I was in the middle of California fires. I had like four yeah. counties. We had four fires on each side coming in and i'm just like okay you know what at these we don't know what times we're in but it's it feels like it's some heavy times and you know at that at this point i felt like my in a way like things were going faster than they were i felt like boom something's gonna happen now who knows like maybe some catastrophic things happen now and i'll never see you again so we just have to be okay with that yeah we started to be really dramatic like we have to <laughs> super dramatic like we're not gonna see each other we just have to deal with it and i'm just like wow and then we decided you know the best way would be to just you know travel to mexico and to just meet in mexico and to just stay over there because this will be the only way for us to be together so we just decided to come to mexico yes and I, again like all the fires and everything going on i kept feeling like the gates were closing like like I wasn't going to make it on the plane because what if like the U.S., you know, the the San Francisco airport catches on fire and they got to shut it down. I started to feel like this anxiety that I wasn't going to be able to like make it to Mexico because either the planes were going to something was going to happen. The airport airport is shut down or, you know, something is going to prevent me. So I had this I'm not going to lie. I had this fear, but I, I have to I had to keep reminding myself. Just breathe. Don't think about the worst. But it really felt like that. I'm and this happened in only two years of relationship. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here like, it's like y'all known each other for years and years at this point. You've known each other almost as long as you've been together. Yeah, this is all coming from other past timelines, you know, just uh, other, other lifetimes of experience. <laughs> so when did you just get the chance to get to Mexico. Exactly. Almost a year ago, actually over a year ago, we got here on uh, the second week of September, like September 10th of 2020. So both of you flew in obviously separately at the same time or was somebody in Mexico earlier? Both. I, I mean, I, my flight got there sooner than hers. So I was able okay. to just like go get her apartment secured and then go and pick her up at the airport. But I arrived hours before her. Like, I think I was 10 hours before her, I think. No, because Mexico is just, yeah, it's closer Mexico. to California. 
Yeah. On the other side. I was in Paris. Yes. And then after that, we've, we haven't separated since. I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> like you guys are like long distance champs. So I'm excited that you guys have this time to actually be together. Yes. We're rooting, rooting for you. Yes, thank you so much. Delia, how was the trip from Mexico? So like from Paris to Mexico, like how was that transition for you? I mean, I feel like for me was to just leave the past behind. And it's because I went to Mexico just thinking, you know, I'm just going against what my parents want for me. Uh And I'm just going to leave with this choice. So it was for me super, you know, like super empowering as well, because I was leaving everything behind and I was starting my new life. And no matter what people, you know, like think of me, like I didn't care anymore. Uh, what was the most important thing for me? It was just to be with her and start our life together. So what has marriage been like for you guys living together? You want to start? Yes. Well, marriage has been beautiful because we have gone through hell and back together (laughs) and living together. Like what I feel is that the first 12 months that we physically have gotten to live with each other. We're now at a place where we better understand each other. And now, like, I feel like we're used to it because this place that we're in right now, this is the longest house that we have rented. It's been seven months. So it even allowed us to be able to ground more, go through more difficulties, more challenges, and have more stability as well to know more, you know, how we can live together more harmoniously. Because with everything, the way, the, what I feel that a partnership is, it's a mirror to show us what we need to work more towards. Like, what are the areas in our life that we need more work on? And your partner will show you that. And I think for me, it's been super powerful because it's allowed me to grow even more than I I would have if I was single. Like I wouldn't have been able to grow on this level if I didn't have her to show me the darkness that I still need to confront within myself and, and make peace with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think for me, it's the same. It's, it's really when you have a partner is your perfect reflection, you know, everything that actually, just as you said, you need to heal this partner is going to show you, you know, like you need to heal this aspect of yourself and you need to do it, not just for us, you know, as a couple, but also because you need to do it for yourself. And the fact that we were both on our journey and we were into, you know, like already like spirituality, self-development. So like, I think like since like the very beginning, we had, you know, like this, um, this awareness And when we were able to actually integrate this awareness in our relationship, and when we talk about actually like being really conscious in the relationship, it's for instance, you know, like she's going through a moment, you know, and and she's upset and she can have, you know, an angry behavior or whatever it can be. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to, you know, like let her just experience what she has to experience and then we can come together and now it's healthy, you know, because I'm able to understand what she's going through without thinking that it has something to do with me. Mm-hmm. And this is beautiful. <laughs> this is what we should be doing in a relationship because I really distinguish, you know, conscious relationships from unhealthy relationships, you know, unconscious relationships. And the difference is that when you are in this toxic relationship, you don't think of your partner. You're always thinking about your own mental chatter and your own little person, you know, and you are just selfish with all of your choices instead of thinking that, you know, like your partner is a part of you and and mirrors as well, you know, like yourself. So you need to be able to make place, you know, like to, to make some room, sorry. You need to be able to make some room to welcome all that the other person eats and just, you know, actually like 
make a life together is that is just coming together and being able to just harmonize ourselves and and every single day just working on this relationship working on this relationship because we care about this relationship you know like uh-huh. at times we thought you know I just want to leave you I just want to leave you because you know it's so complicated we've been through a lot and especially when we choose when we choose to have this conscious relationship it comes with hardship I mean you heard our story uh-huh. <laughs> it came with a lot of hardships and but, those are just a few <laughs> but this is because I feel like truly what I'm talking about conscious relationship is actually to heal you know ourselves together we are in this together and we are healing together uh-huh. and this is another I think another stage of love when we can do this healing process together so beautiful you know so insightful beautiful it's wonderful and I never had this before because I was in relationships where I thought that I needed to pretend to be someone else you know or I needed you know like to act a certain way for the other person you know like to love me but this relationship was so unique and special and authentic for me because it allowed us to have this space to express and to really see each other. Yes. And something that is powerful is actually when you marry someone, you're also marrying their childhood trauma. So when you are coming together with someone, you are, are, are also connecting with their own childhood programming, like the way that they were raised, you know? So we're coming in together and we're sharing, but we have the ability to change that. We have the ability to change these old programs that were given to us through birth, through society, right? What we think is normal. And now we can choose to heal together. So this is something that is also a part of our own path that we've taken with marriage is healing these uh, these old patterns that are passed down because we both come from families like parents that were divorced. So we don't want to reproduce that. Our success, our marriage success is to be able to create harmony together instead of reproducing what our parents reproduced. Absolutely. With your parent, with both of your um, parents being divorced, do you think that played a part of why both of you weren't really looking for marriage like early on? For me, yes, definitely. That was something that was deeply imprinted in my mind was marriage is doomed to fail. Everyone that I knew growing up had divorced parents. My cousins, like their parents, my uncles were alcoholic, drug addicts, wife beaters. So for me, marriage was not appealing. Romance was, but just the marriage, it wasn't something that I wanted to think of as my dream. I never like had a dream of getting married because for me, it was scary, actually. Yes. And just like you and I experienced also a lot of domestic violence, you know, when, you know, my parents were together and when my mom was actually dating other men. So, so I feel like we just like, most of our life, we just try to detach ourselves from these principles, these negative patterns, dysfunctional patterns. And because we don't want trauma to manifest into our life, but it's just like following you because it was in your childhood. This is how actually you related to love. Mm-hmm. So this is a good thing as well, like the way we choose to relate to love. And when I was relating to love, for me, it was painful. For me, it was painful. And I thought that love should be painful to actually be enjoyed. And we have the wrong idea about love in general. Like, look at our societies. We have the wrong idea. And Divorce is a normal thing. Like for me, when I was also, you know, like a young teenager and when I was a child, most of my friends, all their parents were divorced. I couldn't give one example of a happy marriage. I couldn't give it even one. I couldn't. So that means that it's so 
accepted in our societies that a marriage should fail, you know, that we just end up thinking that this is what we should be doing. Just because, again, we have been programmed to think that relationships don't last. And this was actually one of my goals, like when I proposed to Galia and when we went through it and signed papers uh-huh. in that moment, I had already fully committed. So within myself, I already knew divorce is not an option because when I met Galia and I connected with her, I knew what qualities I was looking for in somebody as in like, what is the main qualities that a person needs to have for me to know that, that this marriage will work versus then you know you make exceptions for qualities that are doomed to fail but with her I I realized that she was on her path you know she was all about bettering herself learning to learning to let go of negative traits that are affecting her like taking personal responsibility all of these things I thought she was about it and she was serious. So then I knew that it was going to work for sure because we were both devoted to this path. So what are some things that you could do to unlearn some of the negative traits that you picked up through like childhood and teenage years? Well, the first thing is observing, like for instance, in a relationship, right? When you're in a relationship, it's observing the toxic cycles like you know those cycles where you just seem to get into these fights or different ways that create a fight Mm -hmm. and you get also addicted to this adrenaline this you know like this like you know like pump like (laughs) yeah that you want to fight all the time and you don't know why it's just you know like the normal thing that you do it just become a normal thing you become addicted to these toxins you need to fight (laughs) yeah so it's about observing first. We need to become aware. And one of us has to catch either our, we have to catch ourselves and then start pointing it out, like bringing it up. So first it comes with this awareness. Okay. You know what? This is happening. And we keep getting into these fights every time. And then from there, when we get into these fights, we need to, because it's going to keep happening. Like these patterns happen because imagine like you grew up in this. And then because you grew up in this, you kept reproducing this in all of your relationships. So you're not going to just get it overnight. It's going to keep coming up, keep coming up. And it's about addressing it. And it's like an exercise. Like it's like going to the gym or learning something. You have to keep practicing. And babe, I think we have something as well that we say, we say, for instance, you know, like you're not being your higher self right now. You're not being your higher self. You're being your lower self. So please, can you just realize and then, you know, like if the other person is really angry, then it's going to take some time for the person to realize. But, you know, like just saying this, you know, you know, you you're actually hurting my feelings, not pointing out the finger. This is important as well. Not pointing out the finger, but actually saying, you know, like you are hurting my feelings. And this is different because now you're actually not judging the other person. You're just saying this is how you make me feel. So please, can you change your attitude because this is how you make me feel? And actually, it let also like the other person just reflect. Also, am I hurting you? I don't want to hurt you. I don't mean to hurt you. So I think we change the dialogue by introducing this type of sentences, you know, between us. Okay, you are being your lower self. Please change. Please shift. Or you are being your higher self. And also congratulating each other when we are being our higher self. Thank you. I appreciate that you don't take things, you don't take things personal. I appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. I appreciate you acknowledging each other because it's not easy. Like for instance, at first we weren't doing it in this gentle manner that we are now. At uh-huh. first we were like, Oh, but you're attacking me. No, and but you, you. And you. it's just pointing the fingers and then no one's winning. And then, we got to this point where I, my head just wanted to explode. Like I, I just, I couldn't handle it. And we kept thinking, why do we always, why does this happen all the time? So then, you know, we, we definitely like took some courses also did a little research and found new tools that we can use 
so we can then start speaking the same language, like speaking first, the like same the same love, love language. language, right? Like <laughs> learning, okay, how does, how does Galia, like, how does she want to be loved, right? And, and right. in me, like, what's my love language? How do I, because sometimes we assume because we like people, for instance, to give us affection, like physical touch or, or to tell us beautiful things that automatically the other person wants that too. So we tend to show people the way that we want to be loved. We love others. But if we don't understand the other person's love language, then even if we think we're giving the other person love, but they're not receiving it because they receive love or they crave a, a different type of love language. Right. Yeah. Right. One thing and that, you know, continuing these exercises, um, having now understanding and knowing what you know, she loves and we're able actually to acknowledge each other as well when we have a conflict and then, you know, like, She's like being her higher self. And then later on, I'm like, you know, I want to just say, like, I appreciate you <laughs> that you're really evolving because like, you know, earlier, like you were really your higher self. So thank you so much because it helped me because sometimes I'm processing something and I know I'm not being my higher self, but I just need to be given the space to express myself. And I don't want you to take it personal. And by you being compassionate and not getting offended then it doesn't create this big drama because now you're not taking it personal. And then you can just actually like kind of just ground me a little bit and offer me some space to feel safe to just express myself. And that's it. We don't have to fight. So we're learning now after a year of living together, how not to get into fights Mm -hmm. and not taking things personal, especially when it's casual things. You don't want to fight because over who washed the dishes, you know, like you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to fight over this. So yeah, it's important to integrate this kind of, you know, like method to heal together, because if not, then we just argue all the time because mm-hmm. we always find something to argue about. And then there's this thing that we practice too, is the Hoponopono, which is an Indian uh, prayer. So basically after we apologize and then we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I, I love, love you and, and I thank you. you. And then we say it over and over and then we hug each other to make peace. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Just, it's so cute. <laughs> so where is next for you all? Are you coming back to California or are you off to travel more parts of this world? <laughs> So in about eight days, we're going to be moving to a new location. We've never been there. It's in the state where we're at. We're living in Oaxaca, Mexico, uh-huh. about 35 to 40 minutes away from Oaxaca City. And it's this cute little village. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a little cabin. A we're tiny have, house. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a two-story little tiny cabin. We're going to, we have a bunch of uh, fruits and veggies, like banana trees, corn, all kinds of stuff that's already growing there. Uh-huh. So we're going to be focusing on our, on our business, our online business, creating content and courses for the next months to come in this location uh-huh. while we are saving up money because, so you can say this quickly. Yeah, because we want to buy a land here in Mexico and we want to start to be more sustainable and having a more sustainable life, growing our own food, having our own animals and living this, you know, like farm life, because this is something that we've been craving the past few years. We've been craving to have this serenity and this peace of greed and really learning how to be more self-reliant because it's so important. Imagine right now with everything that is happening, you know, the supermarkets like shutting down, even like stores withdrawing seeds from some stores and you can't even have your own seeds to grow your own food. So it's really important. It's going to be the future to learn how we can grow our own food. So we are in this uh, path, you know, like this, uh, this farmstead. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, this, is, this is our dream as in like we want to have this lifestyle where We have our own farm, like a homestead farm. Meanwhile, we're creating content and, you know. Creating our online courses. Yeah, online courses, just sharing all our our knowledge and and creating something out of it online so we can also reach others. 
you know, anywhere in the world and just live from our passion and just being creative every single day, you know, and mm-hmm. having a more, more free life because I think we need this. We need to be able to do the things that we really want to do in life, you know. Yeah. And for us, it was not to work a nine to five, you know, job and just receive, <sighs> you know, like paycheck to paycheck. And we wanted to just get out of this. And right now we are redefining actually the system for ourselves and getting into the financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So what's the immigration process for staying in Mexico then? So you this right now, yeah, so this right now, like, you know, how he told you, we're just, we're navigating all kinds of new things. We're taking risks. Navigating so right now, things. we're taking some risks <laughs> being here because our visa stay has passed already, but there is a program now because of COVID. So there's so many foreigners right now that have passed beyond their limit. So mm-hmm. they've opened new windows, actually. So there's something that this is why we want to move actually closer to Oaxaca City, because right now we're at the top of the mountains, really far from the city. Okay. So it's kind of hard to move through getting information and especially when it comes to government information. So once we move to Oaxaca, we're going to ask for this information for like the COVID overstay Mm -hmm. and seeing what options, but we heard there's some new options where I think it allows you Four, I think it's four like four years, years as a resident, as a resident, which would give us time for us to then obviously like buy our land, put it under a name, and then you can stay longer once you own property. But there's some other methods. There's other ones that we're looking at. Is yeah, this very moment. It hasn't felt like it's the time right now, even if it were past due. But so, honestly, we're a badass. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not something that we are thinking about. We're not obsessing over this because. We lost so much time obsessing over this process, you know, and just realizing it's just imagine it's me just being French, her, you know, like American. And it's just, you know, like a nationality. It's just like borders, like all of this is just like messed up and it's just a vast illusion. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And we shouldn't have any barrier to love. And that's that's why like we're not even like worried about it like we just, <laughs> just enjoying everything that we have to live together the thing we're is trusting in the process we already went to immigration jail when we were legal like when we were traveling legal in mexico we were just in here for two months and we ended up in the immigration prison in uh in the border of guatemala because we were visiting like some ancient uh mayan pyramids and we left our passports in the apartment. And then it happened to be that because we were near the border of like uh, South Mexico and Guatemala. Yeah. That they did a stop and they saw we were foreigners and they asked for our passports and we didn't have it on us. We only had our ID. The point is, long story so short, we ended up being, yeah, we ended up getting locked up for a day. And then uh, the, the owner, like, <laughs> yeah, the owner of uh, the apartment, he went inside our apartment and I told him where my backpack was with our passports. Right. And yeah. The, the point is we were blessed. So we actually already even experienced the, the Mexican <laughs> when we were legal. So now we're just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's not stress because it's not worth it. It's not worth stressing. Yeah. We're gonna figure it out. You know, in God's time, divine time, it will happen. Divine timing <laughs> for all things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so what different, you guys sound like you guys have fun, um, but what different things do you guys do to keep romance alive? Well, we're learning on <laughs> Definitely, we've, we've been through like, just like our life is, you know, we've been through many roller coasters. The same with this one. What we're doing currently is we are incorporating Time always for massages. So at least have this intimate time to give each other massages, put on some music. Uh, we try more and more to do like cute little things. Like whenever I'm, I go out, I like pick some flowers for Galia, you know, and, and bring him back. She'll write me some and little chocolate. notes. Oh yeah, try surprise <laughs> her with. I know what she likes, so then I'll like get her little snacks here and there. And we want to incorporate. Is this? We're at, we're at right now, it's very remote, so there's not much to do here. But once we move to our new location, Dolly and I want to incorporate actually like date nights. So we want to 
at least dedicate once a week where we do something like a, a, a like actual date. Like yeah. we go and to a, restaurant. a restaurant, we go somewhere and explore and do a little picnic. But, you know, just we, we really want to bring this, these date nights, like romantic nights, at least once a week. Yeah, and it's interesting that you are asking this question because it's really important to cultivate this flame, right, in the relationship because it can die off, like, really, you know, like, fast if we don't take care of it. So it's important to just, you know, like, get with your partner and just imagine some new ways to, you know, always cultivate this flame and just having, you know, like, this glove growing and... And for me, I think this love has been growing because I've been trusting more. And as I've been opening up myself more to receiving, then I'm able to receive you more. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all about also our perception and, and changing, you know, because every single day our mind is changing, our body is changing. So it's important as well to see also this process of ourselves, you know, we unwind every single day, but we need to actually connect with each other and understand that we are both on different paths and questioning each other on how do you feel today? Like generally asking, how are you feeling today? Just having this, how are you, how are you today? You know, like, what did you do today? This kind of thing, just, you know, like to just keep on touch, you know? Exactly. And there's always room for improvement. That's the beautiful thing about life is there's always a, a, somewhere we can improve. And I know for a fact this year that we've experienced living together. I want to create even better times because we have had some, some challenges. And I look forward to actually me like pulling more out of uh, my romantic side because I know I shut it down. <laughs> I shut it down. I used to be like a hopeless romantic at one point. And then, oh no, but you started to write me some poems. So. Yes, I did. But, oh. but I, the thing is like, I used to be more of it, but then I went through a phase where I thought I was getting my heart broken. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like I'm going to be an asshole. And then you I were went, listening to Evanescence. And <laughs> I went through like, uh, I went through being an asshole for many, many years. So then I, I, it's like this romantic part of me. It's like, I took it out. But with Galia, definitely I've been trying to bring it back more. And I feel like now because it's safe, exactly. It's safe. safe. And after living together now for one year, I want to, create better moments, like I said, and, and just bring this romance out in any kind of way, just keeping it new and fresh. It's important. Really, really important. I love that. I'm just sitting here like it, the way you guys talk, it sounds like you guys have known each other for so long, but I have to keep reminding myself your timeline is maybe what knowing each other for about three years like married two and then known each other for about a year right yeah we got married one year after dating like knowing each other one year but in one year we did so many things that it felt like lifetimes and lifetimes in one year yeah i mean you guys traveled the world together in like the first year <laughs> so <laughs> all my all my stuff that I was shy about, like literally, I had food poisoning in in India for three weeks. Oh no, weeks. no, I, you can you can say it. Yeah, say the it, point okay. is, we got sick, but I was sick, and basically, like, you know what it is when you get when you get food poisoning, everything is coming out. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in the same room, and the bathroom was right there, and all my my fears and shyness of. And it, honestly, I wasn't even embarrassed. None of us were embarrassed, and we felt we just understood. Yeah, dude, you're sick. You have food poisoning. <laughs> it's all good. You know, we're taking care of each other. Truly, we were just you know we had like such a big like fever that so we had to take care of each other as well. So no, we, we went through, we went through like uh, we basically engage in what married people do you know what they say through good and bad sick yeah and, yeah and before marriage so. <laughs> <laughs> what was your um wedding like did you guys have a wedding or did you guys go through the court we went through the court do you have a uh, some time for another story <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ahead 
<laughs> well, we didn't get married like uh, like it wasn't a big. We didn't plan it exactly what we wanted because we got married actually sooner. We wanted to get married April 2020 if she was able to stay in the in California. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't, we were like, okay, so we're getting married beforehand. So basically, I didn't tell any. I told I only invited three people last minute. So then, thankfully, my mom was able to make it because I told her what hour she forgot what time it was. The day that it was was our wedding, I was like getting ready. And then she was getting ready for work. And then she was like, wait, well, what time is it? And I told her, she's like, oh, she was like, okay, I need to call. She was like, I need to let you know I can't make it to work. <laughs> so it was really not, we were not prepared. And even Golly, you can tell her about the wedding dress. Like, oh, we're not the prepared. hard time. I had some hard time to find a dress, you know, last minute. And we were on a budget as well because we were just returning from traveling. So yeah. we didn't have much money. And they were like, okay, we need to just figure out how I'm going to like buy a dress. And then we went to Berkeley, no? We yeah. went to Berkeley and we're trying to go to these cheap stores coming <laughs> to get a dress. <laughs> I guess like, at least a white dress, please. Like I'm trying to manifest this white dress that is not going to cost too much. And no, it was so hard. And I ended up finding a beautiful white dress with gold. And I was so happy about it. And I found it in a Mexican store. <laughs> so the point was, we were just trying to, to to go through it. And we felt like a lot of pressure at the same time. I feel like for me, it got real because a lot of old trauma of being exactly. in the same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. And what are people going to think? And uh-huh. all of this started to come. This is actually the reason why I didn't want to invite many people. Just because I felt like, do I really even need to like invite my family? Like, deep down, like, and I had all of these things coming up. So, in a way, it was it was really traumatic in a way because I felt like things I'd never felt before. Now I was experiencing like nervous, you know, like oh, family, and thinking Galia's mom doesn't even know we're getting married. Her family yeah, doesn't wow. even know. I felt like a secret in a way. Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, check our vows video, but it was really emotional. It was really a powerful experience and it was a powerful statement for us. Uh, Really, when I was standing over there, I was just realizing that what I'm doing right now, it's really like embracing everything that I am, everything that I've been nurturing my entire life. And we are there. And it was so beautiful because we got married by actually a black woman. So it was even like more powerful because I realized like, wow, like, okay, we are in this lesbian relationship. Uh, we both have our, you know, like ethnical background. So my parents are Arabic, her parents are Mexican. We have also this religious background and we are in this lesbian relationship. It was like in your face, you know, like yeah. in your face. Yeah. Labels. We have all the labels, but we're going to just like be there and just make it, you know, with all these labels. And it was beautiful. And this woman was also like such a beautiful energy of, you know, like this like motherly energy. And yeah, it was beautiful for us. Yeah. Just like this thing of like, we don't need no one's approval. Like we're just going to do our thing and no one needs to approve our love. We don't need people to be here yeah of course it's beautiful to have a ceremony because we will have one once we settle in out here and we want to do our spiritual marriage then of course this one's going to be different yeah but at that time it was a powerful statement for both of us and to me I will never forget it it's a very special date and it was exactly the way it needed to be at that time that's beautiful. Galia and Jess, I just want to say thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story with us. And it's a story for only knowing each other for three years. But we have one last question that we're going to ask you that we ask all of our guests. And that question is, is marriage worth it? It is if you're ready to work it together. Yeah, I think I think it's totally worth it you just have to find your person you know and you just have to actually be this person yourself to attract your forever person exactly it's like this inner marriage within yourself and 
this inner marriage will then manifest externally. And this is when you'll know if you want to get married or not. If, if it's important for you, like, why do you want to get married? You know, why is that important for you? You really need to get married. If you don't, that's fine. But just know, like, just know your why. But if it's some, if it's a path that you feel that is going to help you grow and evolve, then go for it. But if exactly. you feel it's going to stop you and prevent you from growing and you're going to feel like a exactly. prisoner, you better not get married. You better go the opposite way. <laughs> Run. <Yeah. laughs> you have to ask yourself this question. Okay, is this relationship serving my higher path? Is it serving me truly? If not, then, you know, like go to the next one. Like we don't have time for this. Yeah, you want to have a the, the person, if you decide <laughs> to get married, you guys really have to be with each other on all levels and you have to be committed to growth because marriage is all about growth. And when we stop growing, this is where the divorce comes in. This is where yeah. cheating happens. All right. There you have it. It is a yes from Galia and Jess that marriage is worth it. I know you guys have a podcast. Um, you guys can go ahead and plug your podcast information. Yes, definitely. We are the new paradigm podcast and we are on all major platforms yeah we are on all major platforms and we offer this podcast and we have also our website schoolsofconsciousness.com so you can find us on schoolsofconsciousness.com we offer mentorship programs for healing and actually we want to get also into counseling for couples as well <laughs> so we're just working on this because we want also to inspire people to not give up at just, you know, like at the first obstacle, but trying to understand why is it presenting itself in the first place. So we want to be able to also hold space for couples to heal together. So having retreats and this kind of thing. So thank you so much for having us on the podcast, because I feel like for us, I mean, I'm talking for myself, but it's been super healing to be able to just share and just talk this out. And it's always so beautiful to just be able to listen to ourselves, you know, listen to actually what we've been through and when and where we are today. And it's beautiful to see actually our evolution. Thank you so much for having us on and, and asking us all these questions and reflecting you guys. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And this has been Is Marriage Worth It? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Marriage Worth It. And you can email us at marriageworthit at gmail.com and let us know if you have any guest ideas or any questions. You can actually follow us on TikTok too at Marriage Worth It. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>